What's up, Ego Hackers? It's Chase with csjoseph.life. Do another episode for Season 22. This is Episode 16. What are the cognitive transitions of INFPs? This will be my final lecture that I do, uh, public lecture that I do on this channel. And we're going to be taking the channel in a completely new content direction. Uh, doing like uh, little questions, reviews of various MBTI groups out there. Also going to potentially get a daily show with an entire panel talking about current events and how psychology is impacting all these current events, etc. Like, for example, I believe uh, a new show that we'll be doing will be Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith as well. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, regardless, um, things are changing. And uh, just wanted you all to know that. And uh, don't worry. The uh, public lectures that are already up on the channel will remain there. I will not be taking those down. But all new lectures will be coming out in about two to four episodes a month uh, specifically for our membership. So keep that in mind. That is a thing. And also the test is being released hopefully this month. We just had another focus group. The results were amazing. Uh, we've made some a lot of changes. They've been submitted to the graphic artist and some of our developers. And we are getting in a better position uh, to release the test. So... A lot of work to do, but we're getting there, and I uh, just wanted to uh, make you all aware of that uh, with what's coming. So I'm really excited about having that opportunity, and uh, it seems like since my last live stream where I actually demoed a few pieces of the test, the, the feedback that we've gotten has been overwhelmingly positive, which has been pretty fantastic. So anyway, folks, just wanted you to understand that. So anyway, on to the show. So what are the cognitive transitions of INFPs? So INFPs, you know, the daintiest of all the types, right? You know what I'm saying? No, just kidding. Um, all about uh, being behind the scenes, background, silently judging everybody around them as often as they possibly can, because why not, right? Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but not really. Uh, the point is, um, gosh, I hope I don't, like, drop my phone into this, like, creek that's, like, down here kind of like show you guys what, what I got here you guys see that isn't that great check out all this amazing foliage you know so it's part of my uh, continued uh, cross-country tour uh, to uh, check out uh, really cool things and get as much sunlight as possible because that just makes me healthier and I feel a lot better because of it and uh, fasting a lot keeping my uh, beta ketone levels between 1.1 and 1.5 it was 1.7 yesterday so Fat burning optimized. Doing lots of exercise is going to be dope. So, anyway, that has nothing to do with this lecture. Let's get on to it. So, cognitive transitions. Why are cognitive transitions important? Cognitive transitions, uh, a person's ability to master their cognitive transitions is really important because it really helps show, at least externally when you're looking at a person, how it sets them apart from other people of their same type. Now, granted, we also can say the same thing for... Um, Cognitive focus. We have that same issue. Gosh, I hope my phone doesn't like decide to like randomly overheat, etc. But the point is, cognitive focus. While we've explored this in season 17, if you haven't seen the cognitive focus episode yet, like what are you doing with your life? Like go get educated. It's amazing. It's one of my best episodes. But uh, so, but cognitive transitions, based on how people use the four sides of their mind, they can use them in a immature way or a mature way or an expedient way or a, uh, a meaningful way, for example. And, and based on that, 
you can actually judge how well developed a person is mentally and where they are in their mental journey of life and all of their life phases, specifically based on how they cognitive transition. And this is really important. Uh, and a cognitive transition, it's like, okay, okay, yo, I'm an INFP, but like, all of a sudden I'm an ESTJ, or all of a sudden I'm like this ENFJ person. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's so weird that Myers Briggs like has no concept of this, and it's like really annoying. But uh, that's okay. We can talk about it. But the point is, is that how well you're able to transition to the other sides of your mind is important. Transitions and transitional theory. It's also important because then you realize that there's no such thing as, oh, you know, I'm an INFP, but, you know, I feel really J right now, so I'm like an INFJ, which is basically what Frank James does every single day of the week. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, thank you, Mr. INFP, who's just nothing more than an imposter for actual INFJs, and based on that, he just does nothing but create a ton of confusion, but hey, man, you know, if I just focus on one of the 16 types, you know, all of the traffic relating to that one of the 16, it's just going to go to me. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Am I jealous of that? No, but the thing is, though, the reality situation is I'm not doing this for views. I'm not even doing it for subs. I'm doing it because somebody has to be out there to kind of right the wrongs and correct the things when it comes to understanding the science. I mean, I just get so triggered when I see people like Ty Lopez, you know, who's like, oh, the MBTI is crap. Well, he's not wrong. But he absolutely bashes Jungian analytical psychology in favor of what? The Hexaco test? Wow. Like, get out, bro. Like, seriously. Get out. Check out this vista behind me. You know what I'm saying? Check out that river. Look at those paddle boarders down there. That's dope. That's a golf course, you know? So, I like me some river canyons. Um, so, yeah. But, these things, you know, people got to be aware of. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm feeling really J today, so I'm an INFJ. And it's like, okay, yeah, INFPs. Guess what? Your first function is a J function. You may be a P type according to the MBTI letter dichotomies, which is crap, by the way. Don't pay attention to letter dichotomies. But, you are technically a J because you have FI hero. And FI hero is all about judging things. It's all about weighing things out, right? This is literally like everything that you do as an INFP. It's important to understand that, you know. The difference is, is that you don't have an external judging function like extroverted feeling or extroverted thinking uh, sticking in your top two slots. And that's why the MBTI lauder dichotomy system tells you that you're actually a uh, P-type because you still let your day happen to you. You do not happen to your day. Uh, and, you know, and, and that's because you don't have any external judging functions in your top two slots of your calling function stat. INFJs also have similar confusion because, for example, they're seen as a J-type because they have expert feeling in their top two slots of their function stack. But it's like, okay, is that even useful? Is that even important? Um, well, no, because they have NI hero, and that's a perception hero. And perception hero, you know, <laughs> but they still have to plan out their day, even though INFJs are notorious for being terrible at planning. So then they come to you, the INFPs, and ask you guys to plan for them. And you guys create a plan for the INFJs, and then they'll run and execute your plan. But then you don't want to follow your own plan that you make for yourself, which I find is so hilarious. 
and just another one of those built-in hypocrisies that every single person out there has. Everyone has some kind of hypocrisy. This is just yours. So, but yeah. INFPs, most brilliant of all the types. Don't tell them. Don't, don't tell anyone I said that. Um, just kidding. Um, you know, INFPs, like Robert Greene, as I keep saying his name over and over and over again. But there's so many more out there. I think John Locke might be an INFP. Not sure, though. Pretty sure he might be an INFP. As, uh, you know, reading his work and whatnot. Ah, so nice to be in the shade again. So nice. So, yeah. Uh, so, calling the transition. So, how do they work? Uh, basically, due to neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is what gives the brain to adapt over time and rebuild or build new uh, neural pathways. Um, so, rebuild neural pathways that were there before. It's easy for them to build because when taking on a task or a certain skill that the INFP, for example, or anyone for that matter, has performed before, the, the brain can rapidly rebuild those neural pathways again and to be able to relearn that skill and it's faster, more effective. But then beyond that, you also have um, you know, the ability to create new neural pathways when you've never learned a skill before. And you know how X-ray sensors do it, they see what other people are doing and through observation those neural pathways are built. SI users have to do it themselves regardless of what other people are doing. They have to have the experience themselves like an INFP would and then the brain starts building those neural pathways. This is why if you're raising like an SI user you kind of want to force them to do things they've never done before. That way it builds more neural pathways within their head. And due to that neuroplasticity they're always constantly building and rebuilding neural pathways and using them all the time. Well. From a cognitive function standpoint, cognitive functions directly impact uh, neural pathways and neuroplasticity as well because of cognitive gateways. Cognitive gateways is your hero function, which can turn into a warrior function once it's matured. And then you have your inferior infant function, which can turn into royalty or a king later uh, as it grows up, essentially. That's the second gateway. And then you have the third gateway, which is... Uh, you know, it's like the nemesis function, or the certain versus uncertainty function, basically. And then you have the final function, which is the demon gateway, the demon function, which can become very angelic. Um, so, yeah, keep that, keep that in mind. So, what do these gateways represent? Well, the first gateway is all about unlocking a person's responsibility. The second gateway is all about uh, unlocking someone's courage. That gateway represents courage, how they deal with fear. Um, the uh, third gateway is about unlocking a, a person's certainty and a person's confidence, essentially, certainty. And then uh, the final gateway is unlocking a person's uh, ability to show true love and true compassion uh, for themselves or other people, etc., uh, and kind of lead in that direction, right? So like an FI demon would have like the most angelic form of sympathy out there, right? The greatest form of sympathy even though their sympathy often has, is full of hatred uh, oftentimes because people who haven't valued them or valued their help and have refused their help, it's like, well, fine, I'm not going to help you ever again. And then they just pull the chair out from under them and they fall on their ass, you know. I've been FID before by like a, a former team member of mine, which is pretty sad, but there's not much I could have done about that because I wasn't going to tell her 
what exactly what was going on because if she saw things my way she probably would have made decisions differently but she was loyal to the wrong person the wrong thing so she kind of made that decision and fi demon me that's all right it happens so these are these are uh, so the kind of gateways is where you have these neural pathways being built in your head as you use the cognitive gateways. And cognitive gateways are necessary for use because through the cognitive gateways, you take like your, um, your mental energy or your spirit energy or who you are as a person, and it's kind of like water or electricity or whatever, and you can send it as a current down uh, those neural pathways into the other sides of your mind. Kind of like an irrigation system for a farm, right? Well, or your brain, I guess. And you're able to send uh, down information Sometimes, you know, you've got to build that irrigation system. You've got to make it more effective. You've got to make sure that, uh, you know, information is going in and out, you know what I'm saying, properly. Or it's not going in too much too quickly. Uh, or, you know, what if air is trying to escape with all that liquid moving through, you know what I'm saying? And uh, based on that, that can cause a lot of problems. So building those neural pathways are absolutely critical. But you can do this in two different ways. So you can do it the expedient way or you do it the meaningful way, building these neural pathways. And when you're doing it the expedient way, the fast way, you're not really going to get anywhere in life, quite frankly, other than just repeating the same mistakes over and over and being on this endless crazy cycle for your life, including your relationships, etc. And uh, you're really just, you're immature. You will be immature. So in order for you to really unlock maturity or get any form of maturity whatsoever, you have to cognitive transition in a responsible manner or a mature manner. Because you have a very wide part of your gateway and you're sending your mental energy down that gateway to get access to the other side of your mind, which creates a very chaotic response, a chaotic transition. What's an example of an INFP chaotically transitioning? Well, they end up hiding and go self-preservation mode because they're afraid about what other people think of them and they're afraid of losing status and their reputation. The problem is they get so paralyzed by this fear when they're transitioning in this uh, very immature, chaotic way and uh, all their mental energy is flowing through their soul and it's going glug, 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 you know, kind of like you have a a big uh, water container and you're trying to dump all the water out, there's not enough air in the container. Wow, I'm like literally looking at a kitten that seems to have had his tail cut off. That's weird. Random kitten. Okay. I guess that's why I saw a mama cat there the other day. Huh. There's a little, uh, little litter of kittens down there. Wow. I might go check those out when I'm done with this video. So, you know, and the water is coming out of this bottle, you know, uh, very chaotically, and it causes collateral damage. And the collateral damage that's caused to an INFP who's paralyzed by the fear of people thinking less of them because they care so much about what other people think. It's ridiculous. But because they care so much in this manner, it causes, you know, it causes inaction. It total paralysis. And then they end up losing the status that they've already gained. They end up losing their reputation for what they've already gained because people around them are seeing them as lazy or inept or incapable. And they're stuck in their comfort zone because they're, they're going to their comfort zone to try to save themselves from the fear because what if this person 
thinks less of me because of something I say or because of my opinion. What if my opinion is not valuable enough? I better not say anything. This is why INFPs are quiet. Loud INFPs are INFPs who know their opinion is very valuable, if not the most valuable around. And because of that, they're not afraid to speak. They're not afraid to speak their mind. They're not afraid to be authentic, or at least look authentic. For all you FI users out there that think that because you're an FI user, you're authentic, LOL, nope. INFPs are a perfect example of why it's not authentic, because INFPs have this thing where they manage everyone else's perceptions of them at all times. Tell me, how is that authentic? Oh, wait, it's not. Let me show you some authenticity from a TI user. That's some authenticity. You see what I'm saying? Because I don't give a damn what you people think of me, even if I spit on my videos or whatever. I really don't care. I live my life. I'm comfortable spitting on the road. Don't care. Even if it's in front of people, again, don't care. Don't care what people think of me. INFP, they do care. They want to do the good thing, or they want to look good, right? Such that, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to spit in front of people, especially when I'm filming a video on YouTube, etc. You won't ever see Frank James doing anything like that. See what I'm saying? But the point is, is that they get paralyzed by this fear, and they end up, like, doing nothing. They, they end up being paralyzed. And then they end up losing status and losing reputation. So the thing that they're trying to avoid becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They are creating the very thing they're avoiding because they're giving into their fear. And that is a chaotic transition into ESTJ subconscious because that subconscious ESTJ is so underdeveloped it's so scared of taking charge. It's so scared of sharing its opinion. It's so scared of uh, you know running the show when it knows it needs to. And people are looking to this INFP to do it. But no, my fear, no, my status, my titles. I don't have the proper title for people to respect me if I do this, so I'm not going to do it. And then all of a sudden everything falls apart because they didn't do their duty. Whereas from... You know, from a reality point of view, titles and status and achievements, they don't really mean that much. They don't. They, they really don't. Just like ethics kind of don't really mean that much either. You know, you could say it from both sides. But they don't mean much. And, you know, it's so funny to watch INFPs spend so much time on their education and spend so much time on academia only to find out that their $100,000 bachelor's degree is nothing more than a checkbox on a resume. You know what I'm saying? What actual value is there? Nothing. It's all theoretical anyway, right? But for some reason, they think it's valuable. For some reason, they think it's a thing. And it's just like, really? Really? You spent all your life doing that? It's no wonder INFP women, you know, they freak out because they haven't consolidated on a man by the time they've gotten to a certain age. When they hit 26, 27, it's like, oh, maybe I should be in a relationship. Maybe I should consider, you know, uh, getting a monogamous relationship so I can have a baby because I'm losing status, you know. And they're like, I got so focused on my career. I got so focused on all these meaningless achievements that I didn't even take care of the thing that would make me happiest the most, potentially, right? Well, many women get stuck with that. Society sells them this bill of goods where, hey, you know, uh, you know, if you go to school, go to college, get a job, you'll be happy, right? 
It's not about building families. Family don't mean anything anymore. It just doesn't. So, which is pretty sad, but I mean, that's just the reality. So, family only means something if you make it mean something. Don't expect society. The thing is, you know, INFPs, because they're so afraid of having their own opinions and sharing their own opinions, they end up outsourcing their opinions. They end up outsourcing their thinking to other people and thinking that it's, you know, hey, it's a safe thing to do. You know, we're just playing it safe. And they think they're going to get somewhere in their life. And then all of a sudden you have this, you know, 37-year-old INFP woman who hasn't had a kid, who hasn't had... Uh, a, a, a dedicated relationship, a committed relationship, and she's like so worried and so afraid and so upset to the point where she's just given up because it's like, wow, I'm expired. That's not a future I recommend, but you know, NI Critic, NI Critic is so critical of decisions it makes that NI Critic will push everything so farther because, hey, if I make a decision, I'm going to have the consequences of people thinking better of me or thinking less of me and I can't make a decision because I don't want to risk people thinking less of me but because they're not willing to take that risk you know because they're not willing to take that risk they don't go anywhere in life they absolutely don't go anywhere they're not able to contribute no one thinks highly of them everyone actually truly thinks less of them and guess what you have for yourself a self-fulfilling prophecy again See, cognitive transitions really matter. You probably would uh, want to, uh, you know, develop those uh, neural pathways now, wouldn't you? Especially when you get to a situation where it's like, okay, I'm doing this right now. I got this handled. And could you imagine an INFP, for example? Could you imagine an INFP who doesn't care about what other people think of them? Imagine how powerful that person would be. Imagine their insanely valuable opinion. They know their opinion is so valuable that anyone would stop and listen. You know, that's that's kind of like how it works. Has any of you guys ever like actually figured that out? Have you ever like, you know, understand it? Again, this is the value of cognitive transitions, right? So the first gateway, you know, responsibility versus irresponsibility, INFPs, like, how does it work? Like, FI Hero, you know, it's all about responsibly weighing decisions out, right? You got to weigh things out, which means if you're not doing enough research to back up, you know, you weighing out certain decisions, you realize that you have to make a decision, you should. You shouldn't, like, avoid making decisions like every INFP does, because if you avoid making decisions, you're all just going to get judged and everyone's going to think less of you. And that's what you deserve at that moment, because. You're ineffective. You are stagnant. INFPs are at the greatest risk of being the most stagnant of all the types. Just like they can also be like really super entitled and depraved. And if an FI hero, if you're transitioning into your own ego in an irresponsible manner, guess what happens? The INFP starts to believe that they are entitled to things that they should not be entitled to, regardless of if it's, if it's affiliative or not. I've actually, um, in my coaching practice and situations that I've dealt with throughout my life, um, INFPs uh, seem to have the largest uh, uh, sexual issues. Um, 
you know, in terms of like sexual sin or uh, sexual deviancy of some kind, INFPs seem to have like uh, the worst. And it's because they become entitled. I've even seen INFPs actually believe that they are entitled to other people's bodies, for example, which literally can create some of the worst or most heinous forms of rape out there. I'm not saying that all INFPs are rapists. What I'm saying is that they have the mental capacity of becoming so depraved and so entitled that they end up overweighing themselves in favor of themselves that they don't consider the value or worth of other people. This is very irresponsible, right? And uh, it, it can be a, a, a huge issue. They have to learn the consequences to their actions. They also have to look up what the rules are. They have to research because an INFP is always going to get to a point in life where they're like, okay, what exactly can I get away with? INFPs are the masters of creating loopholes and finding loopholes as well as leveraging loopholes to their own advantage. This is why they're amazing at being lawyers, for example, they're amazing at being day traders. Uh, they're, 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 they're really great in that area. They also can find social loopholes and um, leverage those social loopholes for their own benefit, regardless of if it benefits anyone else. And a responsible FI hero, because they're so interest-based, because both FI hero types are interest-based, they're aware of what they are getting out of a situation versus what someone else is getting out of a situation. But an INFP, FI heroes, even ISFPs have this problem. It gets to the point where the ISFP is like, <coughs> um, you know, both of them are like, you know, hey, uh, I should uh, probably you know, pay attention to what other people are getting out of it, not just myself. Because again, they end up overvaluing themselves and not even realize that they're doing it. INFPs especially have that problem because they have expert sensing trickster and they do not even see anyone the impact to anyone else. They are only aware of their own impact, the impact that happens to them, but they have no concept of impact to other people. And that's really frustrating because it's really hard. And this is another reason why they can see they can get so depraved and super entitled and it's because they are chaotically transitioning into their ego and they have to realize that because of that entitlement that sense of entitlement it is making them undesirable that's why you have like these memes about involuntary celibates out there it's literally an underdeveloped extroverted intuition parent with an entitled fi hero that's an involuntary celibate let's be honest so and this, uh, this meme it constantly plagues INFPs on a regular basis. It's really lame. It sucks. But this is literally what happens, folks. This is what happens. So keep that, keep that in mind. It's, it's really important uh, to be aware of those consequences if you're not using your hero function properly. If you are using your hero function properly, you've got to go a little bit further. You know, so... Regardless, it's all about properly weighing things out. And the INFP, you know, with its ego, well-researched, but also realizing that they shouldn't be as entitled to certain things and understand the value of things and then seek to, you know, make their opinion valuable, which is the second gateway. We've already talked about it somewhat at length, so I'm only going to lightly touch on it. Fear of other people and what they think. Fear that your opinion is not good enough. Fear that people think you're stupid. I mean... Every FI hero out there walks around like afraid that people think they're airheads. 
but who cares what people think about you? It doesn't matter. If you are well-researched, if you have the most valuable opinion out there, then every, people are going to listen to you, and it doesn't matter what they think. If, you've know that, if you know that you have put in the time and the effort and figured those things out, if you've actually done that, what business do you have to concern yourself with the thoughts and judgments of you by other people? Like, who cares? It's not important. That way you could just ignore that. And then, you know, you're no longer being infantile about that and no longer paralyzing yourself, but you're actually able to execute in your life and get things done. ESTJ subconscious, while when it's, in its, when it's afraid, it gets super controlling. It has to control the environment. It has to have the zen, the paralysis zen uh, for the SI child to protect the SI child. But, but... When it's aspirational, when the INFP is like, look, I put in all the time and effort, in my opinion, is super mega valuable, and I don't care what you think. I'm taking control of this project. I'm taking control of the situation, and I am handling it because obviously you won't be able to because there any parent is aware of that. Then the any parent is able to be developed, right? But that's ESTJ subconscious. You know, it's, it's amazing. It's super organized. Uh, INFPs are amazing, amazing project managers, for example, because they can plan and control uh, for the sake of other people. Even being like a, a controller or a comptroller, et cetera, like they are fantastic at that, uh, INFPs are. And uh, even at, and having the patience of the saint to be able to do like day trading, et cetera, that's also really necessary from an INFP standpoint. So the third gateway is where a person's worry exists and where they're uncertain. And uh, so INFPs are kind of uncertain about the value systems that other people have. And to the point where it's like, okay, is, are my values as FI hero going to be squelched by the values of other people? So they always usually have a negative slant towards value systems that other people have. This can cause a lot of problems. This can actually cause the INFP to come off as someone who is not sympathetic or completely uncaring and extremely selfish. And this is why INFPs worry about uh, you know, the value that um, other people place on things because they care so deeply about their own values and their own principles that the principles of other people oftentimes they have to compete with those principles, and they don't like competing with those principles. Or those principles may actually become obstacles for them in their own life, which is also something that is really, really frustrating. And um, they can come off as a super uncaring person. Or, conversely, they can end up forcing their own value systems on other people with their ENFJ shadow. And they force uh, their value systems on others and even to the point where they will go so far as to shun people who don't share their value systems. And then they just end up alienating themselves even more, which ends up lending them the reputation and making their TE inferior, the expert thinking inferior, even more insecure because it's like, wow, I'm at this point now where people like are questioning whether or not uh, you know, I'm even valuable to begin with because I'm shunning people, right? And it's another reason why, because again, other people's value systems, other people's principles may be obstacles uh, for the values and principles that uh, the INFP has, which can be pretty sad, not going to lie. I don't know, this is one of the reasons why INFPs are such shut-ins. The thing is, though, is that an INFP needs to get to a point and realize that their own value system, their own principles are their own. And they don't have any right to force other people to you know, adopt their value systems or their principles, no matter how idealistic those are. I don't know, I, I recently got into a huge fight with my aunt on Facebook 
uh, over a discussion concerning suicide, and she's an INFP, and she got so entitled to her own principles that she was completely ignoring any principles that I was putting forward and forcing her principles down my throat because that's what INFPs do. They, they enforce this, and they use their cruel ENFJ shadow, especially in the areas of reputation because you can harm an INFP the most by attacking their status and attacking their reputation. So they think that because it hurts them the most, it hurts other people the most. So that's why they attack people on their reputation. And of course, my aunt is attacking me in public like this before I blocked her. I'm just like, okay, I don't care what other people think of me, so you're wasting your time. Like, seriously, just get in the dumpster where you belong. That's not really going to help. You know what I'm saying? And I even told, and I even said publicly, I'm like, your opinion is invalid. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care what your beliefs are. The truth and the facts say this. The statistics say this. I don't care about your idealistic beliefs. I don't care how they make you feel. I'm sure they make you feel good, but I'm sure ignorance feels good because ignorance is bliss. And at least that's what INFPs claim. But to me, a TI parent, ignorance is absolute hell. So, like, why are you forcing me to be, like, ignorant because you're happier that way? Okay, that's, that's, that's for you. I mean, if you want to be ignorant and have no success in your life and be sucking off the government tit at every opportunity, sure, go ahead. Be entitled. Go be entitled. No one thinks highly of you anyway. No one values you anyway. And everyone knows that your principles are based on bullshit beliefs that don't actually make any sense to anybody. Okay? That's how I treat that INFP who is not willing to actually listen. And they get so butthurt trying to shove their input down everyone else's throats, but they're not willing to take the time and actually do the research themselves. They're not willing to take the time to actually, uh, to actually verify. Because it's like, you better cite your sources because I don't have to listen to you. And it's like, well, you never cite your sources anyway. You just keep, you just keep expositing and expounding upon your bullshit belief system that are just causing you to have bullshit values instead of actually looking up the data and the actual research to come to those conclusions on your own. This is why a well-researched INFP has the most valuable opinion in the world. There's a reason why a book like The 48 Laws of Power is the most read book in the world second to the Bible. It's written by the INFP Robert Greene because he did the research. It's not that hard. INFPs, you want to be successful in life? Do the freaking research. And stop stop seeing other people's value systems as obstacles. Actually see them as an opportunity for you to personally grow. What happens if you actually experiment with other people's value systems and try them out and see if they're actually valuable? What if you actually give your FI hero an opportunity to not play it safe and actually weigh things out, right? Maybe you might, like, actually be wanted every now and then. Maybe people would actually think highly of you. That would be nice, right? But until, until that happens, well, then you're basically stagnant and, you know, you're nothing more than a burden and a liability on other people around you. And it's no wonder. You isolate yourself, but everyone around you is happy that you isolate yourself because they don't want to have anything to do with you to begin with. When you actually think everyone's talking about you behind your back... No one actually cares enough about you to talk about you behind your back anyway. It's so hilarious. And this self-fulfilling prophecy keeps perpetuating itself over and over and over. And I got to say, it's the most annoying thing in the world. 
Just watch some of Frank James' videos. He's literally that way. And he gets so upset anytime you take a pot shot at his status or his, you know, or how he looks. He very, very much cares about his perception and his image to other people. Classic INFP style. But, you know, you know, oh, you know, I, I'm an INFJ because I have to have the label INFJ, you know, because that makes me feel better. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Mr. Ignorant. Thank you very much. Oh, you know, but I, I, I learned from Dave Powers. He's my, he's my mentor. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Dave Powers is cool, but it's still inaccurate. I mean, look at the result, right? What's the result? What's the action here? It's so funny. INFPs get so butthurt over other people's intentions. They're like, well, I didn't intend for that to happen. And I'm like, no one cares about your intentions. Intentions are paved. Uh, that's, you know, they're like, intentions are, um, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Your intentions don't matter. What's the results of your actions? That's what actually matters, INFPs, right? But you don't know the consequences of your own actions and how they impact other people because you have expert sensing trickster. So the only way you know is if someone's getting angry at you and giving you blowback because of your irresponsibility, because you're so uncertain about other people's principles and other people's value systems that you'd rather shelter yourself. I don't know how many times I've heard INFPs out there complain about how their family sheltered them when the reality of the situation is the INFP always had the choice with NI critic to unshelter themselves at all times. They always had the choice. Why do my eyes hurt? Because you've never used them before. There is a reason why Keanu Reeves, who is an INFP, played Neo in the Matrix. There is a reason. That's what it's all about. Pay attention, guys. Pay attention. By the way, INFPs are amazing martial artists, so you guys might want to like take a look at that. So realize, folks, realize that all these differences, all these things are happening you know, around you. You need to be certain, certain enough in your own principles that you recognize that you have the freedom of choice with your NI critic to choose which principles you adopt and which ones you don't adopt. But if you are also not going to allow yourself to use your NI critic to take the risk to adopt certain new principles and new value systems, you will remain vanilla, you will remain stagnant, no one will respect you. If you're a man, no woman would ever respect you at all and never give you unconditional respect. And that's what you would deserve. If you're a woman, no man could give you unconditional love in that situation because you're stagnant, because you're nothing more than a burden. And when someone is a burden, they should be abandoned. They should be not wanted anymore. There's nothing desirable about you people when you are burdens. So stop being a burden. And thus be certain about your principles, first and foremost, and experiment. Be willing to experiment with the principles of other people. And then determine for yourself with your FI hero whether or not it's worth it to you to adopt that principle or not. INFPs. For example, read the book Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan. There's some principles in there you might want to consider. Maybe you should adopt them. Maybe you shouldn't. Go find out for yourself. Force yourself out of your comfort zone and give yourself new experiences. And don't rely on SE users to do it because SE users just get so frustrated with you that you don't do it on your own. Get yourself and taste things. Experience things. Experience new values. Develop new values. 
That way, you're going to have a better world. Instead of just spending all your time complaining that the world is not already good. It's not already good because you're not willing to get off your ass because you're lazy and actually go out there and experiment with new values and new value systems and new ways of doing things and new principles, right? New rules for living, right? Like the 48 Laws of Power. I don't know how many times I've heard INFPs complain about the 40 Laws of Power and say Robert Greene is evil. He's not. Like, can you not understand the neutrality, the wisdom of neutrality there? But apparently you guys are so biased and you are the most biased of all the types that you complain about bias the most. You hypocrites. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. But you guys could be better than this. Robert Greene, he, he adopted other people's principles. And it was amazing, you know. Uh, Keanu Reeves as well. He's also adopted a bunch of different principles, especially, you know, in his acting career, uh, going outside of his comfort zone. He's had to go even further than that. He's also one of the most sympathetic people that have, like, ever existed. His level of sympathy is amazing. His level of sympathy is something that is, you know, honorable. And, uh, you know, like... There's rumors of him giving you know money to, to, to poor people or people working on the staff or entire movies that he's funded and he didn't actually get anything. Like there's these rumors about him. You know what I'm saying? And he has that reputation and be able to wield that sympathy. Sympathy is also a willingness to adopt other people's principles and value systems and try them out. Because at least those other people end up being validated because you, the great and good INFP with all of your status and reputation, are willing to try them out. Because then it means you're not being judgmental. But if you don't, you are being judgmental. And you're judging people with your uncertain, worried, effie nemesis. Because it's like, well, that's, that, that principle is not the right way of doing something. How do you know? You've never done it before. How do you know? You haven't tried it yourself before. You're so judgmental for things that you've never even done. That's your problem, INFPs. Wake up. And then the fourth gateway, the transition. You guys get so upset and you get so bitter over everyone else who has trashed your reputation and destroyed your status so much that you end up hating people. I'm sure Frank James hates my guts right now because he's like, oh, he's bad-mouthing all of me all the time. He doesn't have to bad-mouth me. I'm like, no, dude. I'm just exposing you for the fake person that you are. I'm just exposing you for fake. You can choose to not be fake. If you were to actually admit that you actually are an INFP instead of an INFJ, you'd have a whole new opportunity to create whole new content for your channel, and the level of humility that you would be showing to your audience would cause them to want you more. It would make you more desirable. And I'm sure the subscriber count on your channel would like literally double overnight. Humility is powerful, and no one can wield a humility, humility like an INFP can. He has a huge opportunity here, but instead, you know, he could be hateful and he could be bitter towards me or whatever. Okay, sure. He could be hateful and bitter towards me, even though he's like being a charlatan and he doesn't even know it, or maybe he does. I don't know. But the point is, is that that is a problem, you know, like, but he can engage in humility. And people tell me, oh, Mr. C.S. Joseph, you don't, you don't engage in humility at all. And I'm like, dude, like if I mistype someone, I admit it and then I fix it. It's not hard. I mistype Drake. You know, that's a thing, right? I did not mistype Post Malone, though, okay? Like, for all you out there who say otherwise, like, yeah, no, I didn't. And I even get, like, people, like, within my coaching practice, I'll type people, you know, and I will, uh, you know, it's so funny, and members of the audience are like, no, they're not that type, they're not that type. And then, like, when I actually sit down with them and explain my reasoning, they're like, okay, yeah, you're right. 
Like, yeah, I know I'm right, okay? I don't have to prove it to you guys. You know what I'm saying? It's just really annoying that, like, I end up getting forced to over and over and over again, you know? So, yeah. Just, like, understand, guys, like, the world works a lot different, but an INFP is not going to know unless they're willing to take the time to actually go and discover that. You know what I'm saying? You guys get so hateful of all the people in your life who have trashed your status and trashed your reputation and made other people think that you're stupid when you may have actually been behaving stupidly to begin with. Are you guys willing to take responsibility that perhaps those people that you hate were actually right about you? Are you actually willing to consider that? Because maybe if you're able to do that, you'd actually be able to, like, you know, love them and then get into your superego in a very healthy, angelic way instead of a very hateful, demonic way, which is like your, which you're, what you're so used to doing, what you're so inclined to doing because you're still stuck in your stagnant comfort zone that you're just going to keep repeating the same mental routines over and over and over again. You can't do that, guys. You can't do that. INFPs, you guys are like the most brilliant of all the types. You have the power to change the world, just like Robert Greene has literally changed the world. And because of the principles and the philosophies that you're able to create and carry with you, people like Gandhi uh, adopt them. People like Plato adopt them and really, really bring them to fruition. I think Pythagoras may have actually been an INFP. And he trained Socrates, an ENFP, who trained Plato, an INFJ. Isn't that amazing? Life rule number one, according to Pythagoras, is as follows, and I quote, Above all else, respect thyself. You see what I'm saying, guys? INFPs, you can be so much better than this. And you're only going to get better if you start using your cognitive transitions in a very meaningful way instead of the expedient way. Because the expedient way is for you just to live as a hermit in your turtle shell without actually experiencing what the world has to offer. You will not be able to change the world for the better until you experience the world, the good and the bad. And until you're willing to do that, nothing's going to get better for anybody. And it's going to be your fault. And you will be held responsible. You will be held accountable when that comes to pass. Mark my words. Therefore, as Jesus said, pick up your mat, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. You know, at the pool of Bethesda, I think that guy was an INFP. Let's be honest. Take your mat, get up, and walk. Because then the world will change for the better because of your valuable opinion and your very powerful voice such that people will actually have a far better future because you contain within you a painful past of suffering and you're able to derive the wisdom of all the suffering in your life because you tried out other value systems. You tried out other principles. You went out of your way to sample what life has to offer, which created suffering in your life. And because you're so afraid of suffering, you are so foolish. But if you take on the suffering of your life, you then gain the benefit of suffering, which is wisdom. And suffering is the only way to gain wisdom. And then you take that wisdom and you create amazing principles and amazing philosophies that change people's lives forever and ever. Such as, like, for example, the 48 Laws of Power. And that wisdom is your legacy to the world. And this is who you really, truly, actually are. Otherwise, you can just decide to have your foolish head in the sand for the rest of existence because you're afraid of pain, you're afraid of suffering, you're afraid of adopting other people's value systems and other people's principles, when the reality of the situation is, you might want to go try that out. Make that decision. Take a risk, INFPs. You will learn so much from it. You'll be able to ex extract so much from any risk that you take, such that after you've taken a risk, you look back in your life and not have any regret and realize, yes, I lived. Yes, I suffered. But 
I gained all the wisdom in the world for it. And with that wisdom, I created philosophy that I know that tomorrow, for humanity, it will be a better day. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, please leave a comment below and like the channel. And if you have any questions about INFPs, uh, drop your comments. I read every comment, guys. Remember, this is the last public lecture, uh, and we're going to be doing new content with the channel uh, moving forward. If you want lectures, become a member at csjoseph.life forward slash members. Log in at csjoseph.life forward slash portal and get into our member sections. New episodes uh, every, uh, every month. We're focusing on parenting and relationships. We're doing uh, pedagogue uh, relationships right now uh, for Season 14, continuing on with Season 14 and continuing on with Season 23. If you guys want to get in on that, I highly, highly, highly recommend you do that. Become a member and uh, see what you guys uh, can get out of it. So with that being said, folks, thanks for watching, and I'll see you guys tonight.